Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Welcome in Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. As well, friends, heat is the main cause of battery failure, so it's important to have a tough battery. Duralast batteries designed and tested to start in extreme temperatures up to 167 degrees. They're proven tough and sold only at AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Well, last night, the NHL playoffs were in the zone, even if the NBA playoffs have not been in the zone at all this year. We'll hear from Charles Barkley giving you that exact opinion I was at the game. If you're not watching the NHL playoffs and you want to be entertained by some sporting event that is going on, I'd encourage you to dial in and watch because we are headed to game five and it is now tied at two games apiece. That, my friends, is pretty freaking extraordinary. It was an electric atmosphere in Nashville last night. Game ended late, early turnaround. A lot of you probably up in Edom this morning spent your night watching this game because, frankly, there isn't a lot of other sports going on and maybe you just haven't been that entertained by the NBA. I don't know who's going to win this series, but I have been saying for a while now that, to me, the contrast between the NBA and the NHL is emblematic of larger issues that face both sports. Let me explain. I do not pretend to be an NHL expert by any stretch of the imagination. In fact... In segment two, so in about 10 minutes or so, we need to have Clay Travis attempts to answer hockey questions. We've been talking and teasing and thinking about doing this segment for a while. Jason Martin and everybody else, I think, has that queued up so we can do it at some point in this first hour at least. 
And you will understand that I do not pretend to be, in any stretch of the imagination, a hockey expert. But what I do appreciate about hockey, and have for a long time, is that anything can happen when two teams meet in the playoffs. The Nashville Predators are the number eight overall seed. That means that they were expected to lose in the first round of the Chicago Blackhawks. They were then expected to lose in the second round of the St. Louis Blues. And they were expected to lose in the third round to the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. They were the underdog in all three of those series. They won all of them in six games or less. And now they have won two straight games against the substantial favorite, Pittsburgh Penguins. Both teams now having won their games at home 2-2 as we head back to Pittsburgh for Game 5. I do not believe that the Predators, if you looked at the way that both of these games went, are going to lose at home. The Predators now, and my math always gets dangerous here, I think they're 8-1 and one at home. I think they're 8-1 and one now at home in the playoffs. They probably are not going to lose Game 6 at home in Nashville based on everything that we've seen so far. They outscored the Penguins 9-2 to two in the past two games. Both of these games not that close by the time we got to the third period. One last night, I believe one five one on Saturday night. They nine and one at home. Even better. So they've won they're nine and one at home, and I don't believe they're gonna lose game six. I, I just I don't think they're gonna lose at home. The, the the numbers actually support all of that, right? So I think this series comes down to game five because I don't think that the Preds are gonna go on the road and win game seven given how hard it is to win Game 7 on the road. Now, I know the Penguins have already won one Game 7 on the road. They, they, they Turn down your radio. Apologies to you Washington Capitol fans because you managed to lose a Game 7 at home to the Penguins. But I don't think very often that it's going to happen. I don't think it's likely that the Preds are going to go into Pittsburgh and win Game 7 on the road. So I think this series comes down to Game 5. I think whoever wins Game 5 is going to be the Stanley Cup champion. And if it happens in Nashville, i got to be honest with you. It's something that I never would have believed. I'm born and raised in Nashville. It's hard to convey, I think, to people who live in big cities and have always had pro sports what it's like to even have pro sports in a city where you didn't have it growing up. Now, there are lots of people out there listening to us right now, whether you live in Memphis, whether you live in Charlotte, uh, whether you live, you know, there, there are lots of different cities that did not have pro sports for most of your adult lives, right? I mean, there are a lot of people out there who know what it's like to suddenly get a team and literally be there at the inception. I'm not a hockey guy. I married a hockey girl. My wife is from the Detroit area, so she grew up a huge Red Wings fan. But I honestly knew nothing about hockey. I still don't know a ton about hockey compared to every other sport. So I came to this sport late. But what is amazing is to see, we, we talked about this before, the number of cities out there that have never won a championship ever is pretty low. Like there's lots of talk about what cities are worse for pro sports. I've told you, I've made the case, I'm pretty confident that the answer is Washington, D.C. But you can make an argument that it's actually Minneapolis. You can make an argument that it's actually Atlanta. There, Even Houston, if you take away the fact that Michael Jordan happened to take two years off, which allowed the Rockets to win two titles. Otherwise, they would not have probably ever won a major title in the city of Houston. There are a lot of different cities you can point to as examples of this uh, this kind of situation. But there aren't very many cities that have never won a championship in pro sports. Alas, poor Buffalo, I believe, is one. And I'm not counting the MLS as one of these pro sports. Nashville is one. 
Memphis is one. Poor <laughs> just come in right there off the top rope. San Diego, Charlotte. There aren't very many cities with uh, certainly with multiple pro sports franchises. And if you do have multiple pro sports franchises and you never won a title, unless you're Buffalo, which might be the most cursed city of all, even though it only has two pro sports franchises right now, most of the cities that have never won are cities that have come to pro sports relatively recently. Jacksonville, uh, Carolina, which is Charlotte, Nashville, and we just heard poor San Diego. I mean, these are cities where winning that first title means something special, and that's what's going on in Nashville right now. Now, I'm not sure that they're going to get that win, but I do know that the atmosphere has been electric, that the excitement has been palpable, and that even... One of the hardest core fans of the NBA was in the building last night. He was Charles Barkley, and I can't imagine that the NBA was very excited about what he had to say when he was interviewed last night. Pekka has been amazing. Murray has been amazing. Even going back, Marc-Andre Fleury last series. I'm just glad to be here because the NBA playoffs have not been great, but the Stanley Cup playoffs have been amazing. Now, look, the NBA playoffs drastically outdraw the NHL playoffs. A lot more people watched game two of the Warriors-Cavs, and certainly we spent three hours on that game in that series yesterday because huge audiences watch it. But it doesn't mean the sport's better. And the comeback from NBA fans is usually, well, look at the ratings. And I get it. More people watch. But ratings don't always dictate, especially in major pop culture, what's good. I mean, Big Bang Theory outrates Mad Men back in the day by orders of magnitude. The Americans is one of the best shows on television. And reruns of Barney often outrate it. The NHL playoffs is a vastly superior product to the NBA playoffs. Definitely this year. And probably for the next several years ahead because we know the Warriors are so much better than everybody else. The Penguins are the defending champs. We've got roughly an even schedule here. The Penguins have already been forced to two seven-game series. They had to go on the road and win against the Caps. And they had to win last series against Ottawa. And to me, this is emblematic of a larger issue. The NBA playoffs are the only one of our six major sports where you already know what's going to happen before they even start. Making the playoffs don't even matter. I don't understand if you are a fan of the Utah Jazz or the Memphis Grizzlies or the... a lot of teams out there, the Toronto Raptors. Why do you think or care about the regular season or making the playoffs when everybody knows that your team isn't good enough to actually make a run to win the NBA championship? Every other major sport in America, if you make the playoffs, you have a chance to win the championship. Whether it's the NFL, whether it's college football, whether it's college basketball, whether it is... Uh, the uh, it, whether it's the in, everything but the NBA, Major League Baseball, the NHL, the five major sports in America other than the NBA. If you make the playoffs, you have a chance to win. We've had wild card teams win the title in the NFL. 
We've had wild card teams win the title in Major League Baseball. We have had certainly underdogs win in college basketball where it's a one-and-done scenario in the NCAA tournament. The four seed has won in college football where, by the way, it's so hard to make the playoff to begin with that it's you know incredibly, incredibly difficult to even make the playoffs. But once you do, certainly anybody can win. And you run across every sport that people care about in a substantial level. In the NHL right now, in the finals, we have a 2-2 series with the Nashville Predators, who were the number eight overall seed in the Western Conference. They've already pulled off three series upset, and they're looking to pull off their fourth. How is the sport where anything can happen, where anybody can win, where any goalie can get hot, not infinitely superior to what the NBA has to offer? 877-996-6369. If you're watching the NBA and the NHL, I want to hear from you. Am I out of lunch? out to lunch here, or am I totally correct that there's no comparison, at least this year and in most years prior as well, between the NHL and the NBA playoffs? And why do you think people don't come in and become fans of the NHL? Because it's an exhilarating product. I've come to it late, I'll admit, I'm a Johnny-come-lately when it comes to the NHL. I know nothing. I want to take your calls on this, 877-996-6369. And also, we're going to have a quiz. What does Clay Travis know about hockey? I believe it's set up. You're going to want to hear that. You are listening to Outkick the Coverage. Late night last night, I was in the arena. It was phenomenal. Tie series as we head for Game 5. Your calls and also my quiz, how much of an idiot am I? This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Great news. Quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. I'm Clay Travis here, breaking down the difference between the NHL and the NBA playoffs. Charles Barkley was there, and ridiculously entertaining. So much so that the guy who's the face of the NBA, I would say, certainly the face of NBA media, Choosing to step out on the otherwise erstwhile, not that entertaining NBA playoffs and show up at the NHL playoffs. Now, he was just a little bit down from me at this game last night. And when I saw him up on the Jumbotron, I thought to myself, can you imagine this happening anywhere else? Like, it is it is pretty amazing that Barkley in the middle of the NBA Finals, now the only thing that could have been worse, (laughs) I don't know if he would have really gotten in trouble, if the NBA and the NHL had been playing on the same night and Barkley shows up and he goes to the game at the NHL, that would be an ultimate indictment because obviously TNT doesn't have the NBA Finals. uh, ESPN slash ABC does. But that would have been the ultimate kind of kick in the teeth to the idea that the NBA playoffs are worth watching if Charles Barkley had shown up there to actually watch it instead. But it was fantastic environment last night. Jason Martin, you were there. And I don't know that you can make a more emblematic or crystal clear argument about the difference between the NBA and the NHL than having one of the faces of the NBA, if not the face of the NBA in terms of overall appeal, certainly of their media, to have Charles Barkley in the Preds arena last night swirling a towel and then going on the air and talking about how much better the NHL playoffs had been and were than the NBA playoffs. 
I mean, he would have destroyed his credibility if he had said anything else. I mean, it's patently obvious. The playoffs this year have been egregiously bad in the NBA. And usually the Stanley Cup playoffs are pretty good. This year has been awfully good, although these goal differentials in these four games so far wouldn't indicate it. These games are much more exciting. Hockey lends itself to closer games. It lends itself to weird bounces and crazy things. And it's fast-paced. And even though you know it's not the world's greatest television product because it's hard for a lot of people to follow the puck when it's going on at full speed, when you have the opportunity to see it live, you really can kind of grasp what's happening a lot better. Then you can go back to television, and it does work. But it just, it has been. I mean, it's been far superior to the NBA. The atmosphere last night was great. I thought it was the weakest atmosphere of the three playoff games that I have attended uh, for the Predators, and maybe that stands to reason with people paying four figures to go. There's a lot of corporations. There's a lot of money in that building. Maybe they're not, they're not quite as loud as some of the regulars. And there's a lot more press, and the press isn't screaming either. So I do think that there's there's something to be said for that. But it's still a, a fantastic atmosphere. Nashville has really, really shown itself to the nation, except for a few very, very jaded, upset Pittsburgh reporters, including a meteorologist who was all kinds of bent out of shape last night, being told that Nashville was a hockey city because they've gone to one Stanley Cup uh final so there was all sorts of stuff going on but yeah Charles Barkley coming out and saying that is a big deal and I'm sure the NBA didn't love hearing it but the NBA knows they suck right now like the NBA knows that this isn't good if they if game three tomorrow night is another blowout somehow and the Warriors win it again I mean what are you supposed to do at that point like there, there's nothing else left except to look to the draft and hope that there is somebody in that draft that's going to make somebody else competitive with the Golden State Warriors next year so yeah the NHL's been a far better product this year yeah, you know what? And there's going to be people out there who want to talk about ratings. By the way, your calls we're going to go to here momentarily, 877-996-6369. There's going to be people out there who talk about the ratings or whatever. You can make any argument you want about the ratings. I pointed out that that what people watch isn't always indicative of the quality of the product. I will say this. The, the ESPN ABC spinmeisters are spinning overtime to make it look like the ratings haven't collapsed for the NBA playoffs. Let me explain why. They focus on the individual games. They say, oh, the ratings are up 4% over last year for game one or game two. Here's the simple truth. The money is made and the audience is built in any playoff series in game six and seven. All right? If you have a sweep, which there's a decent chance of in this Cavs-Warriors series, the overall number of people who watch Cavs-Warriors this year compared to Cavs-Warriors last year is going to be around half. And people aren't talking about that, but that's a massive rating swing because you're not going to get the audience for games five, six, and seven potentially in the NBA this year. And with ESPN paying what they are paying for this league, again, the money is made in games six and seven. And you're effectively posting a big fat zero for games six and seven probably this year in Cavs or Warriors. Because I don't think it's going to go to Game 6 or Game 7. Last year, they got fortunate. And what should have been a five-game series went seven games. And it was exhilarating. And they made up some of the money that they've paid out for the NBA over the past several years. They're going to lose so much money this year on the NBA playoffs. ESPN is. And they're spinning it. And there are going to be people out there who say, oh, the ratings are up. you got to use your brain. Don't get spun. Don't get distracted by the bright, glittery ball in front of you, look behind the number that PR is trying to give you 
Yes, the ratings are roughly similar for games one and two in the NBA, but the product is not going to get probably a game six or a game seven, which means compared to last year's playoffs, the total audience for the playoffs in the NBA this year as opposed to last year is going to be half of what it was. Now, the NBA can't control, ESPN can't control, and I'm saying the NBA, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, how long the actual series are. But if I'm Adam Silver, I'm getting out that bat phone, I'm saying get Tim Donahue on the court. We need game six at least. Let's go to your calls. George in Texas. What's up, George? Hey, Clay. Good morning, buddy. Hey, you know, okay, a couple things here before I ask you the hockey question. If if the, if the Cavs are going to get swept, if the LeBron and the LeBrons are going to get swept, that game four is going to have better ratings than a game six. I'll tell you that right now. Also, parity does not always mean, like, greatness in sports. I hate I hate restricted plate racing. I love NASCAR, but restricted plate racing is nothing but you're waiting for big crashes. You want to see people win by large margins. And I don't know if it's because maybe younger younger people these days are used to participation trophies, and they, they like to see, you know, like what you're talking about in hockey parity, where every series is a game six or a game So you seven. think the Warriors have been – you think the Warriors' run so far has been good for the NBA? Well, okay, here's what I'm telling you. I'm, I'm over 50, Clay. So I've been watching the NBA and I've been watching hockey forever. And it goes in cycles. Now, the Red Wings won a bunch of, bunch of titles and strung up a bunch of titles. The Canadians strung a bunch of titles when Gretzky was on a team. They had, you know, everybody thought, oh, it's over until the playoffs because Gretzky's on this team. Every sport goes to this. And right now, you know, LeBron's there and he's a big crybaby and he's getting his butt kicked. And I think it's good for the sport. What I think is bad for basketball is like plays like the rip through on a three pointer that Harden does and, and calls like that. They got to start letting the guys play a little defense. Then you'll see a little parity. You know, you won't see these uh, teams like uh, uh, what we got right now. If you, if you let them play a little defense, some other teams will have a better chance. But I think it's awesome. But it's, it's not going to be like this forever. I mean, LeBron's going to retire. People are going to catch up. I mean, the thing about the Golden State Warriors right now is they can play with anybody. They don't even need a coach. They're like the old the 1950s and 60s Celtics, man. You yeah, put those guys so, out on the floor, you set them up, and, you call, and they're playing hard. And you know what? They're not a super team like LeBron and the LeBrons either. Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, those guys were all drafted. Okay. Yeah, it's no, look, like I, I, I agree this year that if the Warriors go 16-0 and or 16-1, and and they are the best team in the history of the NBA. That's an interesting story. What it's happens next year? Story. What happens well, next year? Uh, by the way, th- thanks for the call. What happens next year? Is it very entertaining to be like, which team is better? The 2016 and 17 Warriors or the 2017 and 18 Warriors? Are they competing against themselves? I mean, who's better? The 15, 16? We're like, that's not entertaining. Like, the Warriors against past history? Yesterday we talked about the Warriors against the best of the Bulls teams. Okay, that's entertaining. But knowing that the Warriors are going to be head and shoulders above every other team in the NBA next year, already the NBA regular season is crap. If the NBA playoffs are crap too, I think that's an issue. Let's go to Brett in Virginia. Brett, what's up? Excellent. All right. So here's my look. The NHL has actually been outplaying the NBA for the last five years as far as playoffs go. The problem the NHL, I think, has is 
the average person economically cannot understand hockey. Okay? You, all you need for basketball is a hoop and a ball. You can play it anywhere in the world. Hockey, though, people see that as it's cold-weather sport. you got to have money because it costs a ton of money to play hockey. I coach youth hockey in Virginia here. I know how much our ice time costs, how much our equipment costs for kids. And if you don't get them in a young age, it turns them off. And that's why people don't understand the game of hockey. Like someone like yourself who comes into it later in life, you're confused by it because you haven't grown up with it. You look at every major city that has an NHL team, the NHL is probably blowing them out as far as ratings in playoffs throughout the country. And it's because the culture is set to start at the youth level its way up. Yeah, I think that's a good call. I mean, I, I think, and, and thanks for the call from, uh, from let's see, that was Brett in Virginia. I, I think there's a, a lot of truth to we tend to gravitate towards the sports that we have played ourselves. And I'll be honest with you, I've been on the ice in my entire life three times, four times, maybe. I'm not a cold-weather sport guy, just like, uh, you know, I'm not that interested in Winter Olympics. Like, Summer Olympics, okay, everybody's run. Everybody has done many of the things that they compete in in the Summer Olympics. Every Winter Olympic sport is like different ways to come down a side of a mountain. And I'm like, I, I really don't like going down the side of a mountain. I don't like being outside when it's cold. So I watched that, and the ratings reflect that, actually. Ratings reflect that people watch the Summer Olympics a lot more than they do the Winter Olympics, typically. Got a couple more calls we'll hit, but first, let's go to trending. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier as well our guys at TrueCar. With TrueCar, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and, on average, save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Let's go to uh, – we're talking about the difference, by the way. Hope your morning is going well across the country. I was at the Preds-Penguins game last night here in Nashville. Preds tied up the series 2-2. And Charles Barkley came on, and if you didn't hear this audio, Charles Barkley said what is frankly true. The NHL playoffs have been a lot better than the NBA playoffs. Charles Barkley was there in the arena in Nashville swinging the towel above his head, and he had this to say when he was asked about the difference between the NHL and the NBA playoffs. Pekka has been amazing. Murray has been amazing. Even going back to Marc-Andre Fleury last series, I'm just glad to be here because the NBA playoffs have not been great, but the Stanley Club Cup playoffs have been amazing. And that's Barkley. And to me, that was just emblematic of the argument that I'm making here. You have the face of the NBA, certainly the face of the NBA media, the guy who I think more of you like talking about sports as a former player than probably any former player who talks about sports in the entire country. Charles Barkley is right there uh, in Nashville talking about a pretty gaping distinction the outstanding entertainment value of the nhl playoffs as it compares to the nba playoffs and uh and i'm taking your calls on it let's go to chris in minnesota chris what's up hey, hey clay big uh big fan first time calling in um i think you're making a lot of really good points about hockey versus basketball um i do agree with the last caller talking about how hockey is kind of a regional regional sport you know i'm from minnesota i grew up with hockey played hockey my whole life um but some of my coworkers and I were talking about basketball, about how you and I are about like the same age. Um, 
remember when, like, in the 90s, like, a lot of people were passing the ball, basketball, into trying to work in, you know, try to get the the shots inside. Now Steph Curry can shoot from, like, six feet beyond the arc, three-pointer swish, and, you know, Jordan and so we try to work it into Pippen or Kukosh or Rodman for the for the two pointer. Now it's all about like the threes and stuff. What do you think about that, Clay? Yeah, look, I actually think it's fascinating. I said yesterday on the show that when I was a kid, the dunk was the play that electrified an arena. Right? It was something just totally masculine, uh, totally dominant about how much of a supernova a guy streaking across the air in a gym and slamming it home did to a crowd. What that felt like. You remember watching Michael Jordan in the open court. It was a big deal when a guy would get down and prepare to jump up and dunk the basketball. Dunking on people was a huge deal. I feel like that's all changed. The dunk is still powerful, but we've seen it all before. It's hard to dunk on somebody or do something in the slam dunk contest in an original fashion. Kids today who are driving into high school, they ain't impressed by Michael Jordan in a dunk off against Dominique Wilkins like a lot of people from my generation are and were. They don't remember D. Brown pumping up his sneakers. They don't remember uh Cedric Sabalos putting the uh putting the like the ribbon around his eyes and covering himself up before he dunked they now get motivated and moved and the electricity enters the gym on a crazy Steph Curry 3 and i've been making that argument if you, you listen to the show back in in march during the NCAA tournament i said that Steph Curry hero ball has taken over all of basketball everybody wants to hit that crazy Steph three. And what's fascinating about it is Steph Curry makes it look so easy that in a way, like when when I was growing up, it was pretty self-evident at a young age that I wasn't ever going to dunk a basketball, right? It wasn't because I wasn't going to work hard enough. wasn't because I wasn't going to practice enough. It was because I couldn't jump high enough. And the vast majority of you out there, 99% of you, are the similar to me. Maybe you can't dunk because you can't jump high enough. Maybe you can't dunk because you're not tall enough. It's rare that somebody can dunk. Steph Curry plays an accessible level of basketball. And hitting a crazy three is what drives the crowd crazy in Oracle. He's changed the game. Same thing with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's seven foot tall and can do anything. It ain't when he dunks, though, that the crowd goes wild. It's when he hits a crazy three, too. And it's it's circus-like in how much fun. I actually think it's incredibly fun, but I think it underrates how hard it is to do. Everybody sees what Steph can do and the percentage that he can shoot, and they make the mistake thinking that they can actually do it as well. Mike in Des Moines. What's up, Mike? Hey, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Thanks for calling. You know, I wanted to talk about the NBA a little bit and how I've you know, it's a little hypocritical that we sit here and we talk about the Warriors and how they're so dominant, and it's not good for the NBA that nobody's going to be able to beat them. That's true. I, I get it. But at the same time, is it not hypocritical to say that? And also compare, uh, say, in the East, when you've got the Cavaliers 
LeBron James going to seven straight finals. Who's been their competition? It's been a cakewalk for those guys. Almost well, like I mean, I, I think no that's time. true. I think I think the better argument is if you wanted to criticize my opinion that the Warriors are not good overall for the NBA. And I think that's true because there's no suspense. I think you could point to it and say, well, wait a minute, Clay. When you were growing up and a huge NBA fan, and by the way, I love watching the Warriors play. I just don't think that them sweeping the Cavs is good for the NBA because for all of next year, there's nobody who's going to be able to contend with them. You can say, well, you love watching the Bulls back in the day when they won six out of eight titles. And that's true. But the Bulls, even when they were great, most of the years, they had somebody to challenge them. You know, Jordan had to get past the bad boy Pistons. And then, you know who was really good? The Knicks, Patrick Ewing and the Knicks. And then Reggie Miller and the Pacers were pretty good. And then John Stockton and Carl Malone and the Utah Jazz were pretty good. There were teams, even though they didn't win, that would step up and challenge the Jordan-era Bulls. Another thing is, like, everybody enjoys, even if they say they don't, watching the Patriots. People want to see Tom Brady. People wanted to see Peyton Manning. Big stars matter on big teams. Difference is, the Patriots could lose, right? The Patriots did lose when they were 18-0. and The Giants stormed in and beat them in the Super Bowl. In a one-game playoff setting, anything can happen. The Warriors ain't losing to the Cavs. And they're not losing to anybody next year either. I don't think that's helpful. Get a quick call in. Matt in California. What's up, Matt? Hey, Clay. Um, Well, first of all, I just want to say that uh, I think the NHL, I I disagree with uh, the guys I called before that say it's hard to get into. It was the easiest sport, I feel like, to get into because I think the rules are pretty self-explanatory except for icing you have to learn. But as a baseball fan, it's the perfect, uh, like when the Kings started winning in L.A., it was an awesome you know, movement to get on board, and it helped me, you know, get from get through the off seasons. And then the NBA, I think, is just too predictable now. And I think it's it's pretty much a joke how predictable it is. I don't even really watch basketball, and I've been able to predict the last two finals because it's not even that they're that good. It's just that everyone else is that bad, you know. And I think the NHL is is a great sport, and uh, it's like the last classic one. It's a lot, a lot of similarities to baseball with the the wood bats and the organ and I don't know. I just think it's a shame too that a lot of sports radio overlooks hockey when it's such a great sport and uh, it's the perfect combination, you know, of brute strength and, and finesse. And it's a, I think, one of the best sports, and it's really underrated. And I think uh, it's going to, uh, you know, just keep going up. Appreciate the call. We're going to do to prove how little I know. They're going to quiz me on hockey. Coming up next, you're not going to miss this. We have an incredible bumper music intro to this. And you are going to be vastly entertained by how dumb that I am. That is, uh, what do we got here? We're, we're going to talk uh, an international. What do we got going on, Jason Martin, that I'm supposed to tease here? We've got the Geico play of the day coming up after the break. An international call, a play-by-play call that you're really going to like. I don't think you actually got to hear it last night from the Stanley Cup final. I think everybody's really going to enjoy that coming back. All right, international call plus me being an idiot. How could you not? Keep listening. I'm Clay Travis. This is Outgate the Coverage on Fox. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Um, Outkick the Coverage and visit Florida. Have your chance to win a trip to the Coke Zero 400 powered by Coca-Cola. July 1st at Daytona International Speedway. To enter for your chance to win, visit foxsportsradio.com. 
And right now, I got to tell you, we got the Geico play of the day. And I haven't heard this, but evidently this is from Finland. Is that where this call of the day is from? Yes. Finnish broadcast, Pekka the goalie for the Nashville Predators, is Finnish. So that's why this really matters. But this is just an amazing call of his ridiculous save sequence in the second period last night. All right. Fantastic. Well, that's the tease. Here we go. Nyt kääntyy Pittsburgh nopea ja jälleen tulee Crosby läpi ja joon Rinnekestä. Kiekko vielä perissä. Ei mene. Pekka Rinne. Aivan älytön pysäytys rinteeltä. Aivan älytön pysäytys rinteeltä. I would love to know if you hadn't told me what language that was, how many guesses I would have had to give to get to finish. I mean, I have no idea. I... I have no idea what is it Finns the Finns what the Finnish language sounds like is it is, is it do they have a specific Finnish language Finland has a, a language that only they speak I'm looking that up now you've, you've asked me a question I wasn't prepared for <laughs> you got to be prepared for anything on this show I have no idea is is the only language they speak in Finland yes just for Finns yes Finnish is spoken by the majority of the population in Finland and ethnic Finns outside Finland all right, I don't know what that means. Why would why would there be any ethnic Finns outside of Finland? Like you know, those people that were from Finland that are no longer in Finland. One of the two official languages of Finland, the other is Swedish. Clay, All the right. uh, the natives speak slang. It's Fanglish. Yeah, I have no idea what uh, I have no idea what that is. Do we have time, or should we do it at the open of hour two? The the hockey trivia. Do we have time for hockey trivia here? I mean, I'm ready for it. We got about right, four minutes. Let's play the intro. Hey, everybody. Take a look. It's the Clay Travis Hockey Bandwagon. Did you know he's a Nashville Predators fan? Me neither. He's It's time to test Clay's NHL trivia knowledge. Clay, Mike Fisher, a.k.a. the luckiest man on earth, celebrated a birthday yesterday. He's the captain of the Nashville Predators. What team was he drafted by? Ottawa. That's right. Bang! Thought I was going to stump you off the top. He's married. I thought I, the only thing I, I remember that because Kerry uh, Underwood was really excited when he got traded to the Nashville Predators because instead of going to Ottawa, she got to get him in his home, her hometown. So that was a big deal. All right, on a roll. What NHL teams comprised the original six? Oh, Detroit, Chicago, Toronto. Montreal, New York, and Boston. Two for two. Bang! How, I'm not how happy surprised, about this at all. How surprised are you that I got the original six in hockey? I'm stunned. I was I was going to give you half. I haven't even done any research on this either. This is just I'm just maybe maybe the most knowledgeable person about hockey in all of media. Hate to brag. <laughs> Hate to brag. Maybe the most knowledgeable person about hockey in all of media. The Hockey Hall of Fame is located in what city? Lake Placid. That's no. Wrong. Is that a good guess? Toronto. Well, I thought you meant the American Hockey Hall of Fame. No, I meant the Hockey Hall of Fame. Isn't there an American Hockey Hall of Fame? I feel like I should be able to throw a flag and question this. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. You We're should have had protest. to specify that you should have had to specify the country because I'm sure that we have a Hockey Hall of Fame in America. 
just because you hate this country doesn't mean that I have to just immediately acknowledge that America's top hat gets everything associated with, with hockey. Yarmir Yager is the active leading point scorer. What team did he play for last year? Is he still playing? I thought he'd been retired yeah. for like 10 no, years. No, he's still playing. He's like 90, but he's still rolling. Uh, Yarmir Yager. Is he the, the, the Red Wings? No. No, he would be Florida Panthers. Well, I didn't even know they had a team down there. Yes, they still have, <laughs> they still they still have, have that team. team. How do but, they keep it cold enough to play ice play ice hockey in Florida? How do they wouldn't do it, it in Nashville? Wouldn't the ice melt? I'm, yeah, I'm not even kidding so. about this. Like, They're I don't understand how they keep it. It's, it, it. The ice can't be as good in Florida as it is in Ottawa. That's got to be true. Like, you have to be able to tell the difference between Florida ice and Ottawa ice. I'll throw you an easy one on the on the way out. Last team to win back-to-back Stanley Cups. Man, I that's not an easy one. This is like, oh, Clay Travis just sits around knowing who won championships. I know I know Pittsburgh won last year. I have no idea who won. Oh, it's the Blackhawks. It is indeed not uh. the Blackhawks. It's the Detroit Red Wings back in 97 and 98. Oh, the fact that that is like, the fact that I'm supposed to know that 18 years ago, that's an easy question. I think I dominated. Uh, this first hour on OutKick in the books. Welcome back. Hour two, Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote as well. Let's see here. Heat is the main cause of battery failure, so it's important to have a tough battery. Duralast batteries designed and tested to start in extreme temperatures up to 167 degrees. Proven tough and sold only at AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. If you're just waking up, got to be honest with you. I just dominated hockey trivia. Last night, Jason Martin and myself both at the Preds-Penguins game that was taking place in Nashville. Series now tied at two games apiece. Charles Barkley echoing what we've been saying on this show for a couple of months now. If you want entertainment, the NHL playoffs is where you should go as opposed to the NBA playoffs. You're bored in sports right now. It's a long off season between football, uh, basketball not bringing a lot. In fact... I think by Friday, decent chance the NBA season's over. Decent chance that tomorrow the Warriors, to me, that's the linchpin game. I, I don't think that the Cavs are going to win game four if they don't win game three. So if they want to avoid the sweep, I think this is the game the Cavs have to rally everybody behind and come back and win. I've been predicting since before this series started it was going to go five, and this would be the game that the Cavs win. So I'm on the record as saying I think Cavs win game three. Warriors, according to our friends at Odd Shark, around three-point favorites. So there's a lot of uh, expectation out there that maybe this one is not going to be as uh, as competitive as others might have, uh, have, have believed it was going to be, certainly before the series started. Uh, clearing up a little bit of the data, I threw the challenge flag on one of Jason Martin's questions. When he asked me where the Hockey Hall of Fame was, I was attributing that where is the United States Hockey Hall of Fame. I was certain that it would, there had to be one. I said Lake Placid to let everybody know. I believe that was the site of the U.S. versus uh, the Soviet Union, the greatest hockey game in the history of our fair country, right? That happened in Lake Placid, Al Michaels. I believe it. Do you believe in miracles? Um, I think that was Lake Placid in 1980, right? Yes. Okay, so that was why I guessed Lake Placid. Would have been a good guess. There is a U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. Unfortunately, it's not in Lake Placid. It is not. 
Yes, you uh, you were half right. It is in a state. The U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame is in Minnesota, in Eveleth, Minnesota, at 801 Hattrick Avenue, opened in 1973, in the summer, actually, June 21st. So we're getting close to the anniversary of the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. But the Hockey Hall of Fame resides in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. How many of the Hall of Fames have you been to? Uh, I have been to the College Football Hall of Fame, and I've been to the NFL Hall of Fame. I have never been to Cooperstown. I've never been to either Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, so I guess two. Well, uh, I went to NASCAR as well, so I guess three. The NASCAR Hall of Fame is pretty impressive, I guess. I I, I was thinking about this when we were when we when you asked me that trivia trivia questions. I think the only hockey hall the, the only Hall of Fame I've ever been to, ridiculously, is the Women's College Basketball Hall of Fame which is in Knoxville because of Pat Summit. And so you have to walk past it a lot of times to go to uh, the University of Tennessee uh, football games there on the river, on the Tennessee River in Knoxville. The only other one I've ever been to, I think it's Springfield, Mass. Uh, One of my college roommates at George Washington University was from right outside of Springfield, Mass. And so I believe the Basketball Hall of Fame is there in Springfield. And it was pretty cool, but I haven't ever been to Cooperstown. I haven't ever been to the NFL Hall of Fame. Um, you know, the, 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 typically the Hall of Fames are in such kind of strange, unexpected cities that you have to make an effort to get there, and I've just never been. I'd love to go to Cooperstown at some point. I grew up a huge baseball fan. I would say of, of most people who are listening to us right now, the Baseball Hall of Fame has, what do you think, like 90% of the residents, 90% of the interest in Hall of Fames would go to baseball. I feel like baseball guy is so much more into the Hall of Fame than NFL guy would be. I know Canton's a big deal. They bring out the bus every year. They play the inaugural game. And the NFL is bigger now than baseball. But I feel like baseball in Cooperstown has this sort of patina, this aura of you know just otherworldliness surrounding the sport, almost majesty, that I don't think the rest of the Hall of Fames really can aspire to. Does that make sense? I, I feel like... We hear so much more about the Baseball Hall of Fame than we do other sports Hall of Fames. Yeah, there's something about the nostalgia of baseball and just the history walking through that place. Like, I think Canton has done a really nice job when I visited there a few years ago of really stepping it up. Obviously, the bus room is impressive, but they've done a lot with technology. They've got like a kind of a season year in review video that you go into a big theater and you're able to watch it go through 30 minutes and you see basically the entire NFL season from the beginning through the Super Bowl with all the highlights and things like that. So I think that all of them are stepping up. But something about baseball, you just walk in and you can just kind of feel it. Uh, well, I say that as someone has not been there, but certainly <laughs> someone that wants to be there. You buy in. Back off. That's what I'm saying, though. You buy into this idea that yes. there's going to be an aura, that there's going to be a mystique, that there is a majesty of the Baseball Hall of Fame. And maybe it's just because of, you know, like Field of Dreams and all these different movies uh, over time that have established themselves kind of as baseball as the national sort of metaphor for American life. I think probably that's associated with it. Uh, Speaking of the national metaphor for American life, should I even talk about this? Like my wife says, don't talk about it. Colin Kaepernick didn't get hired by another team. Uh, I know that like our friends over at MSESPN are going to be sitting around debating why Colin Kaepernick didn't get signed. The the Seahawks signed some dude named Austin Davis. Am I right about that? Yes. Do you know anything about Austin Davis at all? Because when I saw the headline go across the screen I, and I saw Austin Davis's picture, I mean, they could have put up a picture of any dude on the planet. And I would have been like, yeah, there's Austin Davis. If Austin, and I don't remember what he looks like now, if Austin Davis came in the studio with us right now and they gave like, five guys and they were like which of these guys is Austin Davis 
and they're all, you know, like six foot two, six foot three guys, black, white. I don't even have any clue. I, I wouldn't be able to pick him out. So I know nothing about Austin Davis. What did he do? Where's he from? He's from Southern Miss, his fifth okay. season in the NFL. He's played in 13 games. I don't think he started any of them, but he played 10 games in 2014 for the Rams when they were still in St. Louis, three for the Browns in 2015, 66.2 passer rating the last time he played, a career 80.4 passer rating and 13 touchdowns. So that's the guy that got the gig in Seattle. And Pete Carroll, I think Pete Carroll was trying to save himself when he said, you know what? Colin Kaepernick's a starting quarterback. We already have a starter. He deserves to be a starter, and I would be I, I would be shocked if someone doesn't give him that opportunity again. I think that's trying to save himself from the uh, the socialists that are going to come after him in Seattle. Well, if here's he just the deal. flat out said, no, we can't. We don't want this hassle either. Well, here's the deal that doesn't make sense to me about Pete Carroll. If I were advising Pete Carroll, first of all, they brought in Colin Kaepernick. As soon as you brought in Colin Kaepernick for a meeting, you were – advancing it's like kicking the tires you know going for a test drive what happened in that meeting that made him convinced that signing Colin Kaepernick was a bad move because again they didn't work him out they didn't bring him out on the field and have him throw and say you know what his arm is not as healthy as we would have liked his weight you know there's been all this talk about his vegan diet his weight was not such that we thought he could fit in did they put him in any way through an X's and O's exam to see how he would fit in? It doesn't sound like any of that happened. It sounds like it was just kind of a get acquainted meeting. And what did Colin Kaepernick say or do in that meeting that made Pete Carroll run in the opposite direction from him to such an extent that he signed Austin Davis? I would love to know. I don't think Pete Carroll will ever come public and say it. But it, clearly, I think it's fair to say that the Seahawks were considering signing Colin Kaepernick. Was this a situation where Colin Kaepernick was maybe, is it Paul Allen who owns the Seattle Seahawks? Was there a situation where when they brought him in, Paul Allen got negative feedback from some, even though it's Seattle and it's a fairly liberal city, was he inundated with negative feedback? Were there sponsors of the Seahawks that said, look, I don't want you to be associated with this guy. Why are you doing this? What happened? What happened that made Pete Carroll be willing to meet with Colin Kaepernick and consider signing him and then just go completely off the reservation, sign Austin Davis, and have this ridiculous statement where he said, well, the reason why we're not signing Colin Kaepernick as a backup is because he's going to be a starter in this league. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like, I think I'm, that's... I, I'm of the opinion, as, as, as you guys know who have listened to this show, that the reason why Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job is because his problems exceed his talents. That is, when he took that protest he wasn't good enough to get himself another job. And so I understand the fact that teams are not willing to sign him. That's kind of par for the course. That's what happens. But it's strange to me that it seems like the Seahawks were willing to sign him. They met with him, and then they just decide to sign Austin Davis instead. This maybe is the weirdest aspect to me of the Colin Kaepernick drama so far. It's one thing for a team, an owner, a GM to say, no, 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 no. he's not the guy for us. We're not willing to make that decision. The Seahawks seemed like they were willing to make the decision. They met with him, and then they called an audible. What happened there? Well, one story that, that came from last week that we didn't really talk about on the show because there were other things going on was John Mara, the New York Giants owner, telling the MMQB he'd never received more or angrier messages from fans than he did because of Kaepernick and this national anthem controversy. And a lot of fans saying that they would never come to another game they would never never buy another ticket. They would never buy another piece of merchandise if Kaepernick even 
basically step foot on New York Giants roster. And the question that people were asking last week was, is that something that's happening across the league or is this an isolated incident? And, you know, you had Torrey Smith coming out and saying what he said and, and some other stuff. But I would I would say, and I think that we talked about it because we went through the entire league and we said what markets would be okay with Colin Kaepernick in the wake of what he did. We went down the entire NFL a few months back. And we came up with, what, like three or four places that it might have been even okay, and we didn't even feel good about those. Now, Seattle was one of those, but look, maybe Seattle fans aren't as liberal either, and maybe they ran their mouths, and Carroll knows, or maybe he was told from on high, look, this is not the kind of publicity that we want. This guy's not good enough to bring in and deal with what we have to deal with. We want to win football games and compete for championships, not have to answer questions about our backup quarterback all season long. I feel like that's probably exactly what happened, and Carroll went the CYA route by saying he should be a starter. We don't have a starter position open here. We can offer him part-time at minimum wage, but he's better than that. Like He was trying to find a way to say he was great with, and then still at the same time saying he's great, he's just not going to be great for us. Maybe it's also a function of that ESPN article came out that got so much attention about the division within the Seattle Seahawks locker room. And maybe Pete Carroll said, wait a minute, like, let me t- maybe I need to tap the brakes. Maybe, I mean, I, I, nobody's going to talk about this publicly, but if Russell Wilson doesn't like Colin Kaepernick and what he did, I'm just asking this question. If, if your starting quarterback and your franchise quarterback is Russell Wilson and he went to Pete Carroll privately and said, I'd prefer not to have Colin Kaepernick as my backup given how much of drama there will be on this team associated with Colin Kaepernick. Pete Carroll probably would make an audible call there. I'm just curious what changed between Pete Carroll being willing to meet with Colin Kaepernick in Seattle. Again, they didn't put him through a workout. It wasn't a physical reason. It was something that changed to make them suddenly go in the direction of Austin Davis. I don't know the answer. I do know the answer here. We're going to talk next segment to Brandon Wright. He is an NBA player for the Memphis Grizzlies. He was on the the glass for the Preds game last night in or Nashville we'll talk to him about what's going to happen in this series he predicted the Warriors in five it looks like the Warriors in five is going to look pretty decent do the Cavs have a chance and also how would he compare the environment in a hockey arena where he's a fan of the Nashville Predators with the environment in an NBA arena in the playoffs we'll talk about that with him and more he's up next here on Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, great news. Quick way you could save money, switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Been talking some about the NBA versus the NHL playoffs. We played an audio from Charles Barkley, and now we bring in a guy who's got a great view from both, literally, Brandon Wright. He is uh, playing for the Memphis Grizzlies right now, has been on a bunch of different teams in the NBA, and he was down close to the ice last night when the Penguins played against the Predators. Brandon, what was the environment like? You've been to both games now in the Stanley Cup final here in Nashville. What was it like for you, game three and game four? You're a big guy. It must suck for the person who's sitting behind you, too. How was it down near the ice? <laughs> yeah, they, uh, you know, they, they, they had to, they had to endure the road. Me being six ten, so they had to suffer. But it, man, it was unbelievable. I mean, you know, the crazy thing about it is, you know, the fans were uh, really into the game even before it starts. 
I'm talking about 30, 40 minutes. The, the arena is already packed, so that's a that's a huge that's a huge thing. I mean, when the opposing players come out and see that, it's, they know it's going to be a long night. You've been in arenas all over this country. You played at UNC in college. You've been to some of the toughest college atmospheres. You've obviously been in every major NBA arena all over the country. How does the environment for the NHL playoffs compare to the environments you've seen for basketball? To be quite honest, it's probably one of the top environments I've ever seen as far as uh, professional sports. I mean, I know it's the Stanley Cup, and I know it's a little bit elevated, but, um, you know, the fans are just crazy. You know, they're, they're, so it's, a, it's a rowdy group. You know, they're, they're tough, they're gritty. You know, they they don't give an inch on the referees or on the opposing team. I mean, it's, it's just crazy. And then, you know, just the, the noise level in there is, is pretty, pretty high, like the whole game. And, I mean, as a as a if you play on the Preds right now, you really appreciate that because that really helps you out. Do people recognize you as being an NBA player? Like you're down on like where was your where were your seats last night? We're talking to Brandon Wright. He's a, a NBA player for the Memphis Grizzlies. Played for several different teams uh, all over the N, uh, NBA. Also former uh, Tar Heel and a, and a Nashville native. Do people recognize you as an NBA guy? Like where were your seats last night? Oh yeah, um, I was actually the first game three. I was I was two rows from the glass, and then last night I was a little bit up and. It's weird because you kind of want both experiences. I kind of compared the UFC, where you want to, you know, you want to experience being close to the octagon, but you're not going to see everything. And then, you know, the next time you do it, you want to get back a little bit. So I was a little bit back last night, but uh, oh yeah, it makes you know a lot of Nashville fans been following me my whole career, so they recognize me. And, you know, it's it's always fun to come back and then be in those type of environments. And, you know, I took a lot of pictures, and you know, it's just just fun, man. Uh, and you know, most of them they watch the Grizzlies too, so they're that dual fans. So how do you get your tickets? Do you buy them like on your own? You're down on the your second row of the, you know, from the ice. Like uh, I'm, I'm, I imagine a lot of people who are listening now. Like you're a pro athlete. You've got money. You could spend your your money any way you want. You're deciding like I want to go watch the NHL playoffs. Much like Charles Barkley last night, who was in the arena talking about how much fun it was. How do you get your tickets? Are you paying for them yourself or is somebody hooking you up? Uh, kind of hooking me up, you know. I scratch your back, you scratch my back, type of thing. Uh, I would say if you watch the show Billions, I had to call my Iceland and get these tickets. So uh, <laughs> Billions is a was, phenomenal uh, it was, show. Yeah, it, it, it was it was a t- it was a tough ticket, but um, I mean it, it it was it was just so fun. It was enjoyable, man. I, I can't wait for Game Six. We're talking to Brandon Wright. He's uh, he's going back for Game Six. He's been to uh, all uh, many of the Stanley Cup uh, final or both the Stanley Cup final games in Nashville. Okay, let's shift gears a little bit. When you came on last week, you said you thought the Warriors were going to win this series in five games. We're through two so far. Anything change at all in your opinion? You used to play for the Warriors. Are they even better than you anticipated through two games? Does Cleveland have any real shot as they bring? the game back to Cleveland for Wednesday. I think Cleveland has a you know a great shot to win game three, but I still think it's Warriors in five. I think Golden State finds a way to get one of these games uh coming up. Um I mean I wouldn't be surprised they want to make two. I mean they're just playing so well right now and you know really they haven't put a complete game together in my opinion and you know once they do that they're gonna end up scoring hundred and forty something points. I mean it's just tough on Cleveland right now. They you know they had a great first half in game game two and they couldn't hold on to it. I mean, LeBron looks a little bit, a little tired to me in the second half. You know, he kind of stopped attacking and he started shooting a lot of, a lot more jump shots. I mean, 
you know, it's hard for him to do it, do it every night. And he's, he's having to do that as a, as a 32-year-old, you know, player that's been playing for a long time. He, he needs a little bit more help in the scoring department. Would it shock you if Kevin Durant passes LeBron James in the next year or so to become the best player in the NBA? I wouldn't shock me at all. I mean, I would say he's probably one of the top two, two or three talents in the NBA already. Uh, I think he gets, you know, he gets underrated a little bit because he had injuries. Um, he's not the most, you know, outspoken guy as far as the way he presents himself. You know, and then, you know, a lot of people criticize him for making the move to Golden State. But, you know, those type of guys, they get a lot of criticisms for not winning championships, and that's when they go from, uh, he was just a, a great all-star. You know, he had a nice run in his career to being, you know, one of the all-time greats, and that's what he's attacking right now. Talking to Memphis Grizzly uh, player Brandon Wright, he was on the ice for the NHL, and also he's obviously an NBA player. Is the Grizzly? Sorry, I wish it was the Grizzlies. Is the Golden State Warrior dominance good or bad for the NBA in your mind? Personally, I mean, I don't think it's bad. Um, I think you just go through these cycles, you know, where teams they get that right combination, and they have a special group of players. I mean, you know, they they pretty much had the same team that uh, a couple years ago when they had Mark Jackson as a coach. You know, maybe Steve Kerr was the, the missing ingredient that, that tipped those skills over and then they became an incredible team. They, you know, had two finals in a row. And then now they get Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant you know, they're even better. You know, people want to be a part of that thing. So, you know, it's it's, it's the, the league's job and the other team's job to knock them off. But, you know, it, it just, it's just part of the sport. It goes up and down and, um, you know, They'll, they'll rain and come to an end, and somebody else will step up. But it, I think it's I think it's fine. I mean, you know, it's it's you know people complain about the TV ratings and this and that, but you know, I, I think uh, you got to celebrate a very 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 special team. Are the Warriors, if they close this out at sixteen and zero in the playoffs or sixteen and one potentially, the greatest team in the history of the NBA in your mind? Greatest team in the NBA history. Uh, because, you know, I haven't seen nearly enough basketball, you know, as far as you know, I grew up watching those teams in the 90s with Jordan. You know, I didn't see anything before that. But, I mean, I say if they go 16 no, you got to put them in the argument. You know, you got to start talking about it. You'll you'll see these simulations. And I'm already seeing, like, like Vegas spreads for if they played against the, the 90s Bulls. And actually, the Warriors, actually, uh, I've been seeing them as five, six-point favorites against that, those teams. So, I mean, that's pretty amazing just to think about. No doubt at all. Okay, you're going back for game six. Any chance you try to smuggle in a catfish? Uh, I, you know, I've been – people have been asking me, should I take a catfish in? I mean, you know, if I take a catfish in, that's what I want to do. You know, I want to I want to set the record. I want to throw like a, a five-foot catfish on the on ice. <laughs> I don't want to do any, these, you know – 12 minutes or whatever i want to do a, i want to do a big boy i want to make it count we need to make it count indeed there's going to be a lot of catfish rolling do you think the preds win game five and come back to nashville with a chance to win the uh, stanley cup in, in in music city man it comes out to the goalie i think i think murray was so solid in those first two games and now he's playing like pekka played in the first game one and game two i think it's fragile his, his mind is a little fragile right now. i mean you know going home might cure that but you know hopefully we can Find a way to get that thing, and you know, if if we can win game, if we can game five, man, and get back home, you know, it's going to be unbelievable. It's going to be crazy downtown Nashville and on Sunday night, and 
you know, they'll have a chance to close it out. Outstanding stuff, as always. Brandon Wright, he is on the ice sometimes at Preds games, and obviously he's on the court everywhere all over the NBA. Appreciate it, my man. Uh, thanks for having me. It's Brandon Wright. We're going to have another guest, back-to-back guest, Alex Marvez. He joins us every single Tuesday. But first, we've got to find out what's trending next. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. Only hard part, figuring out which way is easier as well. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and on average save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Confident here with our guy Alex Marvez at Alex Marvez on Twitter, NFL Insider for Fox Sports Radio, as well as many other gigs that he has got. Alex, we're going to start here. I kind of started off the uh, the hour talking about this. I'm not surprised that Colin Kaepernick is not signed. I am surprised that the Seattle Seahawks brought him in, had an interview and then chose not to sign him. What happened? Well, that's the million-dollar question, right? And, and, you know, this is where Colin Kaepernick like, continues to hurt himself. You know, everyone wants to blame all the other NFL teams. How about Colin Kaepernick clearing the air? He's got a mouth that works, right? You know I, you know what I'm saying? Why not make yourself, even if you want to pick and choose the member of the media to, to whom you want to have tell your story, it's time that this guy says something. And says, okay, this is what's happening with me. These are the teams that have interest. What are my contract demands? Just put it out there on the table. But I'm also going to tell you this, Clyde. What Pete Carroll has done, potentially, is cause his own sabotage in his locker room. And here's why I say that. Should the worst-case scenario happen with Russell Wilson and this guy gets hurt, are we going to have to see Austin Davis play? And if you're a Seahawks defensive player and you've seen guys like Michael Bennett come out publicly and say that they would like to see Colin Kaepernick joined on their team, and that's not to say that they couldn't add him later, but if if you have to play Austin Davis and you had a chance to sign Colin Kaepernick and didn't, those defensive players that are already mad enough at Pete Carroll for how he babies Russell Wilson behind the scenes reportedly, according to that ESPN article, how do you think they're going to feel toward, toward what's going on in Seattle? This doesn't make the Seahawks a better team. Signing Austin Davis. Signing Colin Kaepernick would have made him a better team and given him some insurance. And instead, they didn't do that unless there was something there beyond all the politics that make them think that Austin Davis is a better quarterback than Colin Kaepernick. Do you think it's possible that Russell Wilson, after Pete Carroll met with Colin Kaepernick, went in and said, Coach, I just think this is a bad look for Because I'm trying to think where the power move could come from, right? If Pete Carroll wants to sign... Colin Kaepernick and is considering it you have to assume assume that the GM was okay with it as well there either like I'm trying to think who would be the authority figure that could step in and say no we're not going to do this because again they didn't work him out I I I am fascinated by what the internal politics were that led to this situation (laughs) either Paul Allen or is it possible Russell Wilson said you know what We've got divisions in this locker room. I don't want this guy as my backup. I think it's too much of a distraction. I think this is bad for the team. Either guy you think sat down with Carroll and made this uh, made this statement? That You know what, though? If Russell Wilson came in, if I'm the head coach and I listen to Russell Wilson and I'm, and he's worried about competition. I don't think it would be him. worried about competition. I think you would – I think the, the relationship between Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll is such that they go back and forth and talk and have an open relationship. You know, there seems to be like a total trust between those guys. I think it would have been Russell Wilson saying, look, 
Pete, I make $24 million a year. I know that you got my back and that I'm the guy here for this team. What I am nervous about is we're already got this off-field noise about the distraction that we have in this locker room. If we bring in Colin Kaepernick, I don't want the additional media attention and scrutiny that he's going to bring. My vote is no. You're the head coach. You make those decisions. But to the extent you want my input, my vote's no. And if it wasn't Russell, I don't think it would be any other player, right? I don't think any other player could have that impact. Right. And if it wasn't Russell Wilson, to me, it has to be Paul Allen. I, I just This story doesn't make sense. Well, especially when you start going down this road. If that's a conversation to be had, it's one before you bring him in. You would now think. You've made it, right. Now you've made it worse. You know? I, but I mean, but now, you agree with me. Something had to change, right? Like, what happened here? I, I mean, that's the whole thing. Like, well, what was it that, that Colin Kaepernick said? Was there a discussion about social media practices, for example? Is Colin going to remain as active on Twitter as, as he is now? And, that, you know, look, these are things that some people, they don't want the real world intruding upon their football. They don't want political debate. They don't want to hear some folks from a guy who took a knee during the national anthem or insulted police officers by wearing pigs with police hats. I mean, this is something that, you know, they don't want. So if Colin's going to continue to maintain a very active social media profile, which he is right now through his own account, through his Know Your Rights camp, is this something that they talked about with him and then said, you know, I, I just don't feel good about this? Maybe they didn't like where his head was at, quite honestly, when it came to football. We don't know. And that's why, again, Clay, I just can't say it enough. It's time for Colin Kaepernick to talk. Talk. Explain where you're at. Put your face out there. You know, that's the whole thing. But instead, we sit here having to speculate and posit about this week after week, and the guy says nothing. It, it's hard for me to muster a lot of sympathy for a guy who won't state what is going on with his career right now. We're talking to Alex Marvez. You can follow him on Twitter, at Alex Marvez. Okay, on the field, a couple of surprising results, I would say. Jeremy Macklin getting cut by Kansas City. Were you surprised by this? What does this say about the Chiefs? Well, you know what? This was this seemed to me – well, first off, I, I am not big on the Chiefs this season. And that's what I don't get, Clay. You're 12-4. and four, You're two games from the Super Bowl, right? And you just had a bad matchup. The Steelers at the time had an offense without – you know, with Le'Veon Bell running the way he was and the Chiefs unable to compensate for the absence of Derek Johnson, it was a bad matchup. And they still lost by only three points at home, but they lost. But you would think that there's something to build on there to make yourself better, right? And Instead, everything to me, it seems, is focused on 2018, getting Alex Smith the heck out of town, you know, as fast as you can. You talk about lame duck quarterbacks. Alex Smith is atop that list, right? So getting Patrick Mahomes some snaps during the season, you know, your second round pick, Tanya Passigno, this guy isn't ready to contribute. He's, he's a project from Villanova. I, I mean, there are no huge free agent signings. He let Jamal Charles go. I, I mean, this doesn't make them better. I don't think, unless they saw something in camp from some of their young wide receivers. And when I say young, Clay, the, the oldest wide receiver right now on that roster is Albert Wilson at 24 years old. This this just hurt, this hurts Alex Smith because this was a guy he was supposed to have great chemistry with. And I don't think it was something that was planned either, quite honestly, because you don't put a player who's had an ACL history out there on a practice field if you think you're going to cut him. I just think that they probably felt not only are there young guys that are probably going to do as good a job as Jeremy Macklin, but let's clear the salary off the books because the Chiefs have done such a poor job managing their cap. Got a bit of a news, but I think it's been an absurd rule for a while in the Pac-12. Uh, it typically impacts the Pac-12 for whatever reason because their sports, their school calendars are a little bit different. Christian McCaffrey can't participate in OTAs because of NFL rules that keep rookies off the field until colleges end their spring semesters. So he's learning via the phone. Isn't that ridiculous? 
it is this you understand the intent of what the rule was right to keep athletes in school yes that's what it was to get their diplomas and you know of course things have completely changed i think there's ways that that can get around this i mean look it's it is silly but then again our otas what are they i mean didn't the steelers go to dave and busters yesterday (laughs) you know and that's the whole thing like i I love how coaches talk out of both sides of their mouth right oh we don't have enough time in the offseason with the players hey let's go shooting you know oh hey let's go see a movie you know, let's do team building exercises. Let's bring in the Navy SEALs. Let's bring in the Army. Let's do all these things. Oh, we don't have enough time for football. You know, so look, is Christian McCaffrey, it, yes, does it, would a player like to be there rather than having to Skype his workouts? Of course, it, it's an antiquated, silly rule. I, that's how I look at it. I don't think that, that basically being drafted in the NFL should be keeping you from getting your degree. But here's, this was some protection for athletes. And let me just put it in this defense. If you're an athlete, let's say, play that you're not you're not a first round pick you're not Christian McCaffrey but you're a mid to late round pick and you want to get your degree because you realize that look my my football may not be there and you're still in school well then there's so much pressure for you to leave campus to go to an NFL minicamp think about that if you have some guy who's there who says I don't care about my degree I just want to play football and then you got the other guy who's trying to get his who's trying to graduate well, then it doesn't put him on equal playing field when it comes trying to make that 53-man roster. And then the team starts to question, does he really love football? Or is he Myron Roll? So, you know, that's why they have that rule. And I think it's antiquated, but I also understand why it's there. I mean, basically, you got to tell these hippies to get on the, on the schedule as us East Coast <laughs> and, and us Midwesterners. You know what I'm saying? It's all those hippies, man. Uh, what else is out there that I should be asking you about that I'm not smart enough? What else? What other NFL story do you think is big right now that's happened in the last week or so? I found the, I found the stuff in Denver amusing with Will Parks, and I love how technology continues to do some things. He's he's basically I talked to Chris Harris Jr. about this last night. He said that Will Parks was trying to show that he was doing great coverage, and instead he's showing Paxton Lynch missing left and right. You know, and it's just funny. And then so Paxton, you know, basically yesterday had the greatest day of practice in the histories of OTAs. Um, I thought the Hank Williams. Jr. return was interesting on Monday Night Football uh, by ESPN. I guess this may be their counter to the fact that they're, you know, that they have liberal leanings, so they bring back Hank out of mothballs uh, to a generation who has no idea, no who, idea he who he is. is. No yeah. idea who he is. No, uh, no attempt to appeal to the younger demographic that they need to be pursuing, right? I, I mean, this is the problem that, that football has. They need to keep appealing to young folks. That's why they brought back the end zone celebration. Do we think that any that there is any sort of appeal whatsoever with Hank Williams Jr. with anyone under the age of death? No. So I just thought that was sort of interesting uh, unto itself. The league continued to put to all these little things. So that's, you know, really that's it. And look, again, you just the Baltimore Ravens, that situation is just brutal, Clay. I mean, you know, with them losing two more players, Tavon Young, starting corner, and Dennis Pitta, and his career likely over after dislocating his hip again. And you have to wonder right now, with John Harbaugh a couple years not making the playoffs, this team just sort of stuck in neutral, how much more patience will Steve Bishotti have, not only with him, but will Ozzie Newsome ultimately be riding off in the sunset at the end of the season, retiring as general manager and passing the torch to Eric DaCosta or maybe even someone else to run this franchise. So the Ravens took some huge steps back in the past couple of days. Outstanding stuff as always. Alex Marvez, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Enjoy the catfish. <laughs> Will do. That is Alex Marvez. Follow him on Twitter at Alex Marvez. Up next, you've been waiting for it. You've been dreaming of it. You've been demanding it. It's Animal Thunderdome. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 
15 minutes ago. All right, we're breaking it out for the week. We didn't have time yesterday, but we got time today. It is time for the animal Thunderdome. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boy, I could hear audience. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. This is Animal Thunderdome. Clay. Jason Martin, take it away. Bear in Vail, Colorado. Quite the renaissance animal, Clay. He broke into a home in Vail. The resident that owned it checked her security camera after what she thought was a burglary, but it was just a bear. The video shows the bear walk up to the house piano, place both paws on the ivories, and, well, it made sounds. It came in through the kitchen window, and then the bear, after playing Ode to Joy, stole food from the family freezer. So a bear playing a piano in Colorado. I feel like leading the Animal Thunderdome charge right now are bears and alligators. I feel like they're both doing things that they didn't used to do. I don't know if it's like some sort of evolution going on right before our very eyes. We had a bear driving a car. Remember the bear like honking the horn recently in North Carolina? And now we got a bear playing the piano. I think it's a clear message they're trying to send. Rally around us, says that bear. It's like the rally towel of bears. And here's the other thing. These alligators ended up on these balconies. Not happening by chance. Remember in South Carolina? This alligator that got up on the balcony. Alligators are everywhere. Did you see the 12-foot alligator walking across the golf course? Yes. Just like, hey, this is my place. I don't care. Like, not even worry. Just kind of ambling across. Alligator and bear, early leaders in the Animal Thunderdome Clubhouse. Funny you should mention that. Second story today, wildlife officials in Feasterville, Pennsylvania, attempted to capture a bear. Feasterville. Feasterville? That's like a real place? Like, feast and then, like, Easter, except with Correct. Correct. What's well, an awful name for a town? Are we on in Feasterville? I mean, what an awful name for a town. Who okayed that? Well, they're not our top affiliate now. They attempted <laughs> to capture a bear. Wildlife officials seen it was wandering near a Kmart store. Hit it with there a couple still of tranquilizers. Kmart, by the way, yes, there are a few Kmart still left. A few tranquilizers hit it. Didn't stop it. It climbed a tree and then fell asleep because of the tranquilizers, and they had to just kind of wait for it to wake up because it was just sleeping in the tree. So bears oh, all asleep. over the place. It fell asleep in the tree after they tranked it. That seems like a bad move. Yes. It did not fall to the ground, though. That would have been it would catastrophic. Have killed it. And this is my favorite story. Patriotic or anti-American, I ask you. In San Antonio, Jennifer Northam said her father, who is an Air Force veteran, was up to, upset to discover several miniature U.S. flags had been stolen from the memorial in his front yard. This is terrible. Who would do something like this? Well, video captured, discovered the culprits. Squirrels. They were taking the flags down and using them to build nests. Now I ask you, is this patriotic and laudable or disrespectful and disgusting? Would love to hear Travis Clay's thoughts on this, or at least Mikey and Auburn. <laughs> I, 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 I understand the squirrels' move here. Squirrels thinking like these flags, like they maybe provide some nice substance to the overall squirrel nest. But I think this veteran has got to get out the AK-47, the M-16, whatever he's got, and spray these squirrels, you know, just blow them away. Like, you can't let the squirrels get the American flag and run away with them. Zero doubt. Wow. You are all about killing the animals also. Sea lions are dead. Now squirrels are dead. I want animals dead. I mean, look, I understand people out there like, oh, you know, just leave nature alone. No. Like, if there's a rattlesnake, I want you to kill it. 
That's my that's my position. Like if I walk outside and I see a rattlesnake, I'm not going to just let the. I mean, I probably am because I'm kind of a wuss. But if I were tough, I would kill the rattlesnake because I would want my kids. I want to. I want a rattlesnake around my house. Just like I'm not an alligator guy or a bear guy. I want the animals dead. We're at war, and we've got to win. Just like I want those seals dead that attacked that girl. I said you got to wipe out the whole seal colony. I'm not going to sit around and try to defend the animal. I'm pro-human. In the coming war between animals and humans, some people are going to line up on the side of animals. Those people are losers, and they probably also like Colin Kaepernick. I'm on the side of humans. I'm pro-human. Nobody likes humans more than me. Hour three. Nobody likes the NHL more than me either. We're also going to talk that, NBA playoffs, and more on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back in. Hour three, off and rolling. In the Fox Sports Radio studios, brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote as well. Heat is the main cause of battery failure. So it's important to have a tough battery, Duralyst batteries designed and tested to start in extreme temperatures up to 167 degrees. Proven tough, sold only at AutoZone. Get in the zone AutoZone. We're in the zone here, as we always are. Thank you for spending your Tuesday with us. And, man, what an incredible game. If you are just waking up, what an incredible atmosphere. What an incredible experience. What a fantastic ride it has been in the NHL playoffs as it compares to the NBA playoffs. Last night, the Nashville Predators hosted the Pittsburgh Penguins, tied up the series At two games apiece, we will go back to Pittsburgh for game five, then bounce back to Nashville for game six. The NHL, I think, has an opening over the next couple of years to really make a dent in the NBA's popularity. Never going to be as popular as the NBA because every single one of you out there listening right now at some point in time has played basketball. I bet 10% of you have played hockey. That's why the NBA dominates the NHL in television ratings because people have played basketball and they understand the sport and most of us have never played hockey, including myself. I think that's probably a fair approximation. I would say 10% of our audience right now, we're on in all 50 states, Sirius XM, Channel 83, 10% of you have ever played hockey. Maybe, and that might be high, but I bet about 10% of you have played hockey. 100% of you have played basketball at some point in time. And as a result, the NBA is more popular than the NHL. But the product on the ice and the basketball court of these two leagues, the NHL is a much better product. It's a more entertaining postseason. It is a more electric atmosphere. And anything truly can happen. And anything is happening. We saw the LA Kings a few years ago come out of the eighth spot in the Western Conference and win the Stanley Cup. Now we're seeing the Nashville Predators make the same kind of run. Number eight overall seed in the NHL playoffs upset the would-be favorite to win the Stanley Cup, the Chicago Blackhawks. Then they upset the St. Louis Blues. Then they upset the Anaheim Ducks, and now they are tied two games apiece. Now it's a best-of-three series between Nashville and Pittsburgh. And who knows what's going to happen? Literally anything can happen. The Penguins are the defending champs. We learned earlier in the show, nobody's repeated in the NHL since 97-98 when the Red Wings did it. If the Penguins can win two out of the final three, they will repeat. But the run to the playoff 
repeat by the Pittsburgh Penguins has been fraught with peril. They had to go on the road as a substantial underdog and beat, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for Washington, D.C. Capitol fans, I'm sorry. The only thing you had to do was win Game 7 in your home ice and you lost. And then the Penguins had to win Game 7 against, obviously, the Ottawa Senators in their most recent round. And now it's looking like they may have to win a Game 7 series again in order to repeat. And right now, I would say the Nashville Predators should be the favorite. Both goalies have fallen apart when they've left their home arenas. When they started, man, they were in great shape. They scored the first goal in Game 3, and then everything has come undone for the Pittsburgh Penguins here in Nashville. Now, what will happen in Game 5? Who knows? But I will tell you this. The Predators are now 9-1 and one at home on their home ice so far this year. If they come back for Game 6 with a chance to win the Stanley Cup, they're not leaving the Stanley Cup without being able to keep it in Nashville. That was a poorly phrased sentence. The Stanley Cup is not leaving Nashville. It's staying in Nashville because the Preds are going to win Game 6. So I think this series is going to come down to who wins Game 5. It's going to be must-watch television on, is it Thursday night, Jason Martin? Thursday night, I believe, in Pittsburgh. You and I were both at this game, and so was a guy by the name of Charles Barkley, who we also know as the ambassador for the NBA in many senses of the word. Well, Barkley went on television and has been talking about how the NHL playoffs are better than the NBA playoffs. He actually went on television during this game. He was standing cheering for the Nashville Predators, and he said this. Pekka has been amazing. Murray has been amazing. Even going back to Marc-Andre Fleury last series. I'm just glad to be here because the NBA playoffs have not been great, but the Stanley Club Cup playoffs have been amazing. Now, the NBA fans out there will say, well, the ratings, the ratings, the ratings. Yeah, look, more people watch the NBA. There's no doubt. Again, I said that's because people grow up watching basketball and they don't grow up playing hockey. But hockey is the superior playoff right now. Lots of things are popular that aren't as good, right? Like, there are a lot of, I'm not a music guy, but there's a lot of really not talented musicians who sell a lot of records. Doesn't mean that their music is better than everybody else's. Just means that they have a big audience. And I think that's what happens with the NBA. We talked all day yesterday about whether the Warriors were the greatest team of all time. And maybe they are in the NBA. Maybe they're the greatest basketball team ever put together in the history of the NBA. If they win game three tomorrow and go up 3-0 and then close it out on Friday, I think it's fair to say at 16-0 that they would be. First ever 16-0 team in the playoffs. Coming the year after they set the all-time record for most wins. What would the NBA season be like next year? You would know exactly what was going to happen before we even started. And I have said this for a long time, but I I think that this is an important fact to bring to mind. There are six major sports in America every year. NFL, NBA, college football, college basketball, Major League Baseball, and the NHL. Of those sports, five of them, if your team makes the playoffs – you feel like they can win a championship. You know where it's not the case? The NBA. I don't know why you people who are NBA fans of the Utah Jazz or you people who are fans of the Memphis Grizzlies or any number of teams out there really care whether your team makes the playoffs. Is it exciting to know that you have absolutely no chance to win a championship? Is it exciting to make the playoffs fight and claw your way through one series so you can get drubbed in the next one? 
the NBA has no drama in terms of its talented in terms of its talented teams. Now, there's drama. Oh, is Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook talking? Like the individual players, there's drama. But in terms of the result, why do we watch sports to see who the best is? We already know in the NBA. We may know in the NBA for the next couple of years. And dynasties can be good. There's no doubt at all. The New England Patriots are great for the NFL. Back in the day, the Bulls were great for the NBA. But dynasties are only great if we believe that the dynasty can end. If we already know how the script finishes, people don't come in and watch the movie. Right? And out there right now, you're getting spun. ESPN is out there spinning you about how many people are watching these finals. They're saying, oh, the ratings are going up. There's 2% more people watching the finals so far. That's, that's a bunch of balderdash, to be frank. Because when you actually break down the numbers, you learn that money is made in every series with Game 6 and Game 7. That's when the masses come in. I don't know who these people are, frankly. I don't know who these people are out there who were like, ah, I'm not going to watch the NBA Finals for Game 1, 2, 3, or 4. But if it goes to 5... Boy, I'm starting to pay attention. If it goes to six, I'm really going to pay attention. If it goes to seven, I'm really watching. It's like the people who come in and buy lottery tickets, and I'm one of these people, only when the lottery hits a billion dollars, right? It's like somebody's going to win a billion dollars. Well, I better go to a lottery ticket. What, $100 million is not good enough for you? Not going to change your life enough? You know, you got to get a billion. That $55 million after taxes, lump sum, that wasn't going to change your life enough? No, no, no. You need the five fifty million after taxes. That's exactly what happens in NBA and NHL and every other playoff series, Major League Baseball. If it extends to seven, tons of people come in that it would have otherwise never watched. It's happened with the Cubs and the Indians. Maybe it's just the fact that everybody's so busy. At least you know what happens in that game really matters. It's going to decide everything. The first six didn't even matter. But most of you out there are going to watch regardless. I'm telling you right now, I was at this game last night. It was phenomenal. One of the best environments I've ever been to. The way that I would best describe it is right now in Nashville for a Predators game, it's like an SEC football game in an arena. SEC football, if you've never been, is the single best thing we do in American sports. The experience of an SEC football game, especially if it's a night game on a campus in the SEC, Saturday nights in the SEC are better than what is done anywhere else in sports. I'm fortunate I've done everything. I've been to a lot of big games in the NFL. I've been everywhere. I've been to lots of different arenas in the NBA. I've been to a lot of different places to watch major sporting events in this country. The SEC on a Saturday night is the best thing that this country does when it comes to sports. Number two is the NHL. It's the NHL playoffs in a highly competitive series. Right now in Nashville, this environment is like SEC football in an arena. You know who brings those two things together? Nick effing Saban, who, if you didn't see these pictures, broke out a Preds jersey, and since that time, the Preds are 2-0. and Preds are 2-0 and since that happened. Now, I saw Jason Martin, you tweet that the Penguins are 0-2 since Bieber went jersey problem is Bieber went Penguins jersey after they were up 1-0 so they actually won game two post post Bieber jersey 
Well, okay. You you bring facts into this. It was a hey, better argument. My tweet was better I don't want, at two and zero. Oh I don't want you bring. I don't want you bringing fake news to the equation. If you're going to go Bieber Saban, I want you to get the data correct. Bieber is the 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 Penguins are one and two since the Bieber endorsement. It is undoubtedly true that since Nick Saban was pictured in a Nashville Predators jersey, the Preds are two and zero. Oh. And if the Preds go on and win Game Five, and we know they're going to win Game Six, so if they win Game Five and Game Six then they'll effectively this series will have turned the moment that Nick Saban put on a Preds jersey. Yes. I mean, Saban in a Preds jersey's got to be one of the best photos I've seen all year. Like, it's just amazing. It is an amazing photo. If you you haven't seen it, we need to tweet that out again. All right, what do we got going on here? Who who have we got coming up next? You you booked this thing. I got no idea what's going on in the show. We've got Emmy Award-winning producer Ross Greenberg from Showtime. He's at the helm of the all-access quest for the Stanley Cup weekly series that runs every Friday on Showtime that goes through to the end of the Stanley Cup Finals, which is basically hard knocks, but it's the first show that's actually nationally televised the championship of a major North American sport as it unfolds with unique access on and off the ice. So that should be very interesting just to talk about the process of how do how these shows even get put together. Yeah, that is really cool because it's like hard knocks, like you said, except it's going on during the course of the season, which I would think would drive coaches and players crazy. We'll talk about that. He's going to be our guest next. Again, it's the Showtime show. Uh, about inside the pursuit of the Stanley Cup trophy. I am Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage. That's up next. Also, Casey Smith will be on at the bottom of the hour. Loaded final hour here for you on Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add, save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket. It just may be the most rewarding to-do you do today. Joined now by Ross Greenberg. He is a, uh incredibly talented Emmy Award-winning producer. He's won like every award ever in the history of mankind. He's right now doing all-access quest for the Stanley Cup, and it's chronicling the Eastern and the Western Conference fo- Finals. Followed the final four teams, now follows the final two teams. And, Ross, the first question I have to ask you is, how in the world did the teams agree to give this access? This has to be driving some of the coaches crazy, right? Well, it doesn't drive them crazy because after five or six years of doing it, Gary Bettman has kind of spearheaded this with Steve Mayer and the two of them with, with the NHL guy, and also John Delapina and Gary Mahar. They have really spearheaded this by getting to the teams, the ownership, the coaches, and basically saying, let these guys in. They're going to be flies on the wall. They're going to be professional. They're not going to get in your way. Just let them do their thing. And that's exactly what's happened. And you know, these two teams are remarkable. I mean, uh, total everywhere. We're in locker rooms. We're everywhere we want to be. And the viewers getting a unique perspective on uh, on the Stanley Cup final, that's for sure. How would you describe the perspective being different between the Predators and the Penguins in your experience in terms of the coaching, in terms of the environment of the team? Do they have a different vibe when you're filming, or does it feel very similar? No, it's very similar, actually, and that's I think it's part of their success. They're a loose group, both teams, Laviolette, Sullivan are the kinds of coaches that, you know, drive their players but don't overdrive them. They have a great kind of rapport, a lot of respect, but a lot of rapport, and, 
you know, it's one of those we're all in this together kind of attitudes that those two coaches bring to their teams. And in terms of access, I don't think it's any coincidence that the two teams that have been most giving to us in terms of access have also been the two teams that have gotten to the final. I mean, I don't think that's coincidence. I think it's the kind of atmosphere that they projected. Obviously, you've seen the Nashville feeding off their fan base, and obviously there's something similar up in Pittsburgh. But, uh, you know, it's been great. It's just been great. It's fascinating. We're talking to Ross Greenberg, and uh, his show is All Access Quest for the Stanley Cup, and, and which follows the uh, the NHL. You also do a unique weekly college football series, which is also really good. Mm-hmm. I've watched a lot of those episodes. And obviously a lot of people listening to us right now are familiar with Hard Knocks. And what I've always found from a perspective of a guy who makes a living writing and talking about sports is it's almost like you get a pass for everything yeah. that happens in these shows in a way that you don't in any other way. And, there, and, and I'm kind of curious from your perspective why that is. And, and I've always argued, in fact, I was talking to a big-name guy last night. I said, I want you to come sit with me and talk with me in studio for an hour. He said, man, I'm nervous about doing that. I've never really sat down and done an interview like this. I said, look, it's better to talk for an hour than it is to talk for five minutes. Because if you talk for five mm-hmm. minutes, people are going to pick the one thing you said, and they're going to pay a lot of attention to it. If you talk for an hour, you're going to do so much that there's going to be an inability of the media to kind of take something out of context. Do you see that? Like, that would be my argument for the coaches if I were trying to do a documentary like you're doing. Like, guys, we're going to have so much footage that nobody's going to focus on any one thing. They're going to take into into account the totality of the interview or the totality of the show in a way that they don't if you just give them five minutes. Well, there's one other thing. There's a word I use whenever we sit with coaches or owners or anyone to, to decide whether we're going to be, you know, taking their team on and, and trying to focus on them. I always use the word trust. There has to be a basic trust between the producers and the team. And, uh, and how do you gain that trust? You gain it by show, showing the, the people there that we're never going to disclose secret sauce. We're never going to kind of expose any of their secrets and how they, you know, manage their team or look forward to executing in their next game. We're going to be there. We're going to be flies on the wall. We're going to stay out of their way. But we're also not going to humiliate or embarrass them by showing anything that's going to, you know, get in the way of their image as a ball club or as a team. Uh, and that's important. And that once you lose that trust, once you put one thing on the air that's going to destroy that relationship and that trust factor, you're history. So that's something that the NHL and the NFL and you know, these college football teams take to heart. We're talking to Ross Greenberg. He's doing an incredible uh, view of the chase for the Stanley Cup on Showtime. New episodes air every Friday night through the end of the finals. How many hours of footage do you guys take to put into (laughs) one episode? Like, I always wonder about the sheer amount of content that you have versus the amount that you share. What would the ratio look like? Well, I mean, as an example, we have three cameras running uh, yesterday just for the game itself. You know, you've got four or five hours of coverage before pregame, the game, and postgame. So right there, you're looking at, you know, 20 hours of footage probably. And then on top of that, we're shooting every day with four cameras and following the two teams. So you're looking at probably about 50 or so hours a week, which we call down to 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. And, yeah. And on the fly. I mean, that's what people don't really understand, and I don't think they should. 
that uh, we're editing basically in a seven-day period what it takes most editors, producers to edit, you know, in a six-month period to put on the air. So we don't have time on our side. Time is our enemy. And, you know, we're pouring stuff through stuff this morning. Sync mapping is what we call it, where we combine all those four cameras and we have one kind of three-hour period of, of game coverage with the four hours going consistently. And then the editors dive in by about 11 o'clock this morning and they'll start editing last night's game through the night tonight, uh, you know, so that we can be on the air on Friday. It's really remarkable how the turnaround, I mean, is there anything that compares in your mind to trying to do a show like this on in real time where you're basically chronically, it, it's different than Hard Knocks, which is the preseason. I mean, you guys are even a documentary at the end of the season where people can kind of put in contextualization right. the overall season. You guys literally, when you start filming, don't know what's going to happen, just like everybody watching the game doesn't know what's going to happen. So you can't kind of map your story with a preconceived narrative in mind. It's wildly fascinating to me how this show comes together. Yeah, it, it is amazing. I mean, I think Steve Sable said it best when we first started Hard Knocks, and we were at a press conference, and one of the writers, and this is before we – that was the first reality sports show where we try to do things on the fly like this and – try to edit within five days and put something six days and put something on the air. And they asked him, what's it like, you know, trying to put this together. And frankly, Steve and I had no idea what it was going to be like. And he said, well, I guess it's going to be kind of like building an, an airplane in mid flight. And, you know, sometimes it feels that way because you're just, you're just kind of culling through footage and have these eagle eye kind of, uh, you know, uh, loggers and editors and producers you know, and we're all just searching for that gem, and and we've got some incredible shooters in the field. Steve LeMay, you know, Britt and uh, Andres Gomez. They they're just magicians with their camera, and we've got great field producers hawking different storylines. My brother Mike Greenberg and Pete Rogaris, and you know, then back in this studio, we have incredible editors: Tim Mullen, Chris Nietzsche, Vin. Uh, Corsi, I mean, just incredible what they're pulling together in such a short period of time. It's it's kind of like, I feel like a head coach sometimes, just kind of watching my team, my Tom Brady's, kind of perform on the field. Who's going to win this series? There's three games left. We're talking to uh, Ross Greenberg. You can watch his show on Friday, chronicling the quest for the Stanley Cup live on Showtime. Well, I mean, you know what? Home ice means something, so I, I don't think with two of three now, in Pittsburgh, it's going to be tough. I mean, Nashville, you know, the dream for them would be to sneak one in on uh, Thursday night and come home to Nashville for game six to win it all. I, I think that would possibly blow the roof off of Bridgestone Arena. So, <laughs> um, I, you know, I think, uh, yeah, think you've got to go with the champs. But, man, if, if uh, Nashville can sneak this one in, watch out. Outstanding stuff. We'll be watching on Friday on Showtime, my man. Appreciate it. Okay, thanks very much. Enjoyed it a lot. Uh, that's Ross Greenberg. Great work that they're doing right now on Showtime, getting that great quest for the Stanley Cup off and running. We're going to find out what's trending now. And then up on the flip side, Casey Smith joins us from Boston to break down basically everything that's going on in the world, including is she watching the NHL playoffs at all? Is she buying into my argument that the NBA playoffs are a vastly inferior product? She's a Texan. Does she have that idea too? I'm sure she's never been on the ice. I'm Clay Travis, just like me. 
outkick the coverage. But first, let's find out what's trending now. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier as well. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and on average save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. We bring in Casey Smith now, KYC Smith on Twitter. Casey, the Nashville Predators are 2-0 and since Nick Saban put on a Preds jersey and got his picture taken. Coincidence or not coincidence? Absolutely not a coincidence. When I saw that, I was like, okay, this is either going to go really poorly or really well. But I have to say, Jason Martin talking crap about Justin Bieber in a jersey really pissed me off this morning. So that's really started my Tuesday off not in a great way because you can't blame Justin Bieber for anything. I'll give Nick Saban credit. But you can't blame Justin Bieber for anything. Well, and to be fair here, Jason <laughs> Martin reporting fake news. I was going through Twitter, and I happened to see this, and he said that the Pens had lost every game ever since Justin Bieber put on one of their jerseys, but actually they're one and two. They won game two. I remember this, and I know this ridiculously, because as soon as I saw the Bieber picture, I tweeted out, like, Preds in five or something like that. So I, I took the shot, but Jason Martin breaking out the fake news. We try to get things right here. All it is is fake news so far. <laughs> well, I was telling Jason this morning that we're both grown-up adults because he's tweeting shade at Justin Bieber, and last night I was tweeting at Justin Bieber, pretty much sliding into his mentions saying, shooter, shoot. So here we are, grown-up adults, trying to get Justin Bieber's attention. I don't know what the world's come to. Do you think you're taller than Bieber? You probably are, aren't you? I, well, via Google, it says we're about the same height, but I don't care. I can look past that, Clay. You know how I feel about him. It's completely <laughs> irrational. And he went on a Twitter rant last night about – not really knowing sports very well, and Colin Coward offered to have him on the show. So here's my PSA to you, Clay Travis. Get Justin Bieber on your show, invite me, and make all my dreams come true. So wait, what happened here? So Cowherd invited uh, Bieber on the show. Did, did Bieber mention Cowherd in his tweet? No, I guess they were talking about Justin Bieber wearing jerseys. I guess he saw somebody on Twitter making fun of him for wearing whatever jersey, and he went on this little Twitter rant about how he just likes to wear jerseys that look cool and that he – likes to watch sports and that he likes to watch all teams and all sports, but he's not a really knowledgeable sports fan. So Colin Coward then tweeted at him and said, hey, you're welcome anytime on the show. Sports are for everybody. So I felt like I should offer <laughs> my strong... services to Justin Bieber. That's yeah, you know I what? Did. I tried it. <laughs> I think you might be more of an attractive uh, pitch there than Colin Cowherd. I think Bieber's more likely to see an attractive blonde than he is to see Cowherd and say, you know what? I want to hang out with that guy. So uh, Bieber, obviously, you know what's funny about this? We did a pilot for FS1. That's probably been a couple of years ago for an OutKick uh, daily show on FS1. And Bieber, like, obviously spends a lot of time in L.A., but one of the guys who was on the pilot, like, we were staying in the same hotel, he was hanging out at the pool, and it's just him and Bieber. Only two people at the pool. Now, Bieber's got, like, a bodyguard with him, uh, but he said, like, Bieber's just hanging out there, and it's just him and Justin Bieber at the pool. You would have lost your mind, right? This, yeah, that's like what my dreams are made of, Clay. Like you just nailed it right there. <laughs> it's you and Justin <laughs> like said, Bieber alone at the pool. But... <laughs> what bathing suit do you go with to impress Bieber the most? Do you go with like a sexy one piece? Do you go like a like what's the call there? Because my wife, it's funny. Like we were just at the beach, 
And my wife said, I've got a new bathing suit. I have no idea what my wife spends on bathing suits, but God bless her for, for finding fantastic know. ones. I don't want to know. know. <laughs> uh, and so she got a new bathing suit, and she said, like, it's a new bathing suit. And she said, it's really sexy. And I was like, well, I'm liking it already. But she said, I'm a little bit nervous about it, and I'm curious if you've ever seen this. She said, the bathing suit says you're not supposed to get it wet. And I'm like, I've never even heard. <laughs> She's like, I'm a little bit nervous about this bathing suit because the, 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 the line in it says it's not to get wet. She's like, I bought a bathing suit and it's not. Have you ever heard of that before? Like, I, there's never been a male bathing suit designed that has a like tag in it that says not to get wet. My wife bought such a sexy bathing suit that she is not allowed, she said, to actually get it wet. And so I, I don't know. What's the play there? Have you ever heard of that before? I have, and it's what you're supposed to wear to, like, a Vegas pool party with stilettos, and if you get it wet, then it doesn't fit you right anymore. So they really Uh. do make these, and unfortunately, they cost, like, way too much for the tiny amount of fabric that they have. Yes. Um, But right now, like, you know, any bathing suit that's super sexy, uh, Victoria's Secret probably makes them the ones that you can get wet, so that's usually my safe play. It's funny, like, you mentioned that because I'm an idiot. And after, like, uh, I'll spend, I don't care what this kind of stuff costs if it makes somebody look sexy. This is, like, uh, you know, the number one play. Like, Victoria's Secret has their Christmas fashion show. You watch this, I'm sure, right? Where they come, the girls all come walking down. And so when they did that fashion show one year, this is like two years ago. I watched it, and then I went and bought $400 of lingerie immediately after. <laughs> like, I just bought everything in the whole place, right? I just walked in. I was like, I got it. Whatever, whatever. Like, And I bought, like, everything that the girls wore. I mean, it literally is the only time in my life that I can specifically remember watching. Effectively, that's an ad, right? Like, I was sitting around. I don't know. I was like, around Christmas watching that. And then I went and did exactly what that ad wanted me to do, right? Like, everybody's influenced by advertising in some way, even though people claim that they aren't. That's the first time I can ever remember seeing an ad and making a direct decision. Here's my $400. Just take it. I want my wife to look like these girls did who were on your show. Oh, absolutely. And, like, the best play for a a girl is to watch the Victoria's Secret fashion show with their boyfriend or their husband or the guy in their life because – then you know that they're watching it, they're enjoying it, and you're subliminally saying, hey, I want this for Christmas. And I'm one of those girls, like, I love the Victoria's Secret fashion show. I'm like, I wish that I could get paid all this money to look as amazing as they do, and I never would be able to anyways. But, hey, if you sit here and watch this with me, you're going to get to watch a lot of really good-looking women, and I'm going to get a really nice Christmas gift. So that's the best play, women. Just go do it. It's great. Don't be bitter and hateful because these women are the most amazing women in the world, and you get good stuff for Christmas. I don't see the problem here. What do you think is more remarkable in terms of a career, Giselle or Tom Brady? Because before you answer, I want to make this argument. Like Giselle is from, I think, Brazil, right? Like middle of nowhere Brazil. She is incredibly good looking, but there's lots of good looking women in Brazil, right? Like it, being good looking in Brazil or any country for that matter doesn't necessarily make you stand out. They're both real diamonds in the rough, right? Like Tom Brady comes out of the Bay Area. He becomes, I think, the greatest NFL quarterback of all time. Which rise is more remarkable? Tom Brady's to become the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL or Giselle from middle class, middle of the road, nobody's ever heard of her, Brazilian, to supermodel. I think Giselle has made more money than Tom Brady over the years. Which one has had a more remarkable career trajectory? Well, when you look at the money, you're absolutely right. I, I can't remember the last time I looked it, looked it up, but I remember her being worth like $200 million more million than Tom Brady, which is asinine to me. But because Tom Brady is the greatest of all time, I have to pick him just because of where he was drafted 
and how good he's been for so long. But there are so many models, and for her to be the number one supermodel in the world and to link up with the greatest quarterback of all time, I mean, there's no question in my mind they are the greatest power couple. Maybe Beyonce and Jay-Z, I mean, that's obviously a great choice, but the fact that Giselle and Tom Brady came from basically nothing and can have done what they do, especially because they're still both incredibly good-looking into their 40s, uh, it's hard to make an argument against either one of them, to be honest with you. Super genes there. We're talking to Casey Smith. Um, you now live in Boston where you work in the media there. You can follow Casey at Casey Smith on Twitter, K-A-Y-C-E. And uh, obviously she uh, she also used to cover the SEC. So you're from Texas. I am arguing right now, you're like me, you grew up in the South, not necessarily a hockey fan. I'm arguing that the NHL playoffs have been better than the NBA playoffs. I know the Bruins got eliminated early. The Celtics are gone now. Do you agree that hockey is more entertaining so far this year, this postseason, than the NBA? Yeah, absolutely. It's more fun to watch. The thing about hockey, though, Clay, is like if you don't understand the game of hockey, you, don't, you can't just go ask a fan and say, hey, can you explain this to me? Because they look at you like you're a dumbass. Uh, basketball is a lot easier to understand. I grew up playing basketball. I coached basketball. So when I sit down to watch hockey, it's a little bit harder to get, like, all the nuances and all the rules. But from an entertainment standpoint, especially the Stanley Cup Finals, it's more fun because now that the series is tied 2-2, you're like, you have no idea what's going to happen. I can argue that I know that Golden State is going to sweep the Cavs and that it's going to be, you know, a 16-0 playoff run. But the thing about the NBA playoffs right now that I really do enjoy – I think we're watching one of the greatest basketball teams of all time and definitely the best offensive basketball team of all time. So I still find entertainment in it, even though they're getting blown out, because not only is Golden State doing this, they're also doing it against the best basketball player in the NBA and LeBron James. So I'm trying to find reasons to like the NBA Finals, but when you're watching the NHL and you've got the Carrie Underwood factor and you've got all the weird throwing catfish on the ice, which I still just don't understand that, to be completely honest, uh, it's a lot of fun to watch. And Playoff hockey is always fun. So I'm trying to learn the game and find a reason to watch the NBA Finals at the same time. Does Carrie Underwood have the best legs in the United States? Carrie Underwood has the best everything in the United States. She <laughs> is my number one girl crush. Like, you put Justin Bieber and Carrie Underwood in the same room, like I said, you know, my, my whole life is made probably. I have to break out the A game on the pool uh, outfit for sure then. Casey Smith, talk to you next week. Thanks, Clay. That is Casey Smith, K-A-Y-C Smith. Follow her on Twitter. I'm Clay Travis. This is OutKick. Final segment next. No idea what's going to happen, but you'll probably want to hear it on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. All right. We didn't do it on Monday. The heavens opened across the country, all 50 states. The rain poured down. Pestilential just destruction. Frogs rained from the heavens. The seas were riven with blood. God was not happy that we did not give an update on his chosen one. It's time for Tebow Watch. Folks, Tim Tebow was in Hagerstown, Maryland all weekend long for four games against the Hagerstown Suns at Municipal Stadium. The first happened prior to our Friday watch, but overall... He went 3-for-14 with just one RBI and one run scored, struck out six times in those four ball games. His average sits at 216. He's just hitting a paltry 143 over his last 10. Against these legends that he's battling Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, they had yesterday off. They're playing the Lexington Legends. 
for a three-game stretch today, tomorrow, and Thursday. But back on May 25th through the Is 28th. Is that game in Lexington, Kentucky? No, it's back at home this time. Oh, okay. Tebow went 0 for 9 against this same team, May 25th through 28th, struck out seven times. Now, that was on the road where he hits 134 points worse. That's 275 to 141 if you're scoring at home. So perhaps he's good for a good series or perhaps not, Clay. He's dropped from 6th to 8th in the batting order over the past few weeks. I'm so excited. He was in the 8th spot in all four games against Hagerstown. The Fireflies again off today. Host the Lexington Legends for their three-game stretch beginning tomorrow night at 7.05. Now it's tonight at 7.05. Columbia, third in the South Atlantic League Southern Division behind the Greenville Drive and the Rome Braves. So Tebow needs to get it going. And the Legends, that is where he had that great catch that I was well on top of a few weeks ago. You blew that for sure. Here's the question. Am I correct to believe that basically ever since the, was it the New York Post yep, reported that, that he was about to get bumped up to another division, potentially by the All-Star break, he's just gone to hell. Like his batting average has plummeted since then, right? Yes, it has. I've mentioned that a couple of times to Tebow Watch. Glad you've been paying attention. Pretty much back <laughs> since it was around May the 14th, he's only had about two good games since that point, since there was talk of potentially him going to St. Lucie, Florida to join the upper single-A affiliate Mets down in Florida. Since that point, I don't know if it's pressure or what it is, but Tim Tebow has kind of gone into the tank. We need an Ole Miss moment or an after Ole Miss moment from Tim Tebow where he pledges something better. He needs a speech, and then he needs to really have a good series against the Legends to try and get past, again, 0 for 9 back on May 25th, 25th through the 28th against this same team. Dude needs a good series. His average is down, and he's in the eight hole. I think that this is still true. It certainly was true at the time. Tim Tebow, this is an answer to a good trivia question for you guys. Tim Tebow is the youngest man or woman to ever have a statue made of himself. Think about how crazy that is. I believe that the statue is up at Florida. Tim Tebow is like 21 years old and they put a statue up to him already. That's why I think he's going to be president. Tim Tebow is going to be president one day. I also think The Rock is going to be president one day. Our country may go to hell, but we're going to have good-looking presidents. Really great pectoral muscles. Um, all right. Any additional Tebow Watch info we need? Probably not. Jason Martin, did you get – you've you been going as a member of the media. Mm-hmm. Did they give whiskey again to all the media members at their seats at the Preds game last night? No, it was just in game three, and they actually did it during the Western Conference Finals as well. Last night they were giving away free T-shirts and, and things like that. But, yeah, they had Jack Daniels. Uh, at Game 3 as part of the Stanley Cup final survival kit That's in really the media cool. seats. Yeah, very cool. Uh, the city of Nashville now, by the way, you want to know what's going to be a crazy scene. It'll be one of the craziest scenes in the history of sports. Game 6 is going to overlap with the CMA Fest. And a lot of you out there are going to have no clue what it is. A lot of you listening will know somewhat what the CMA Fest. In Nashville, they bring in all the country music singers. They have a huge festival And the city just goes crazy. I mean, you've never seen more girls in sundresses and cowboy boots ever in the history of your life. It is pure bedlam in Nashville. They are now going to combine that with game six of the Stanley Cup finals. If you've never been to Nashville, the arena is right downtown across the street from all the honky-tonks and everything else. So, And just down the road from you know the the, the football stadium where the Titans play – it is going to be one of the craziest atmospheres that has ever existed for a sports event. Super Bowl-esque in terms of the insanity. 
in Nashville this coming weekend with the Preds hosting game six, potentially trying to win the Stanley Cup. I can't even imagine what Broadway would turn into if the Preds actually win the Cup. We'll see game five going on. Colin Cowherd's probably listening right now. He's going to tell you otherwise. The NBA's in great shape, and they've been dominating the playoffs. Not true. NHL has been much better. You want to be entertained. You watch the NFL playoff, NHL playoffs this year. Just listen to my boy Barkley, who was in Nashville last night talking about how much better the NHL has been than the NBA. I am Clay Travis. You are listening to Outkick the Coverage. This has been Fox Sports Radio. We'll talk to you all on Wednesday. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.